Good morning and welcome to the Coffee and Cap Rates podcast, your go-to source for New York City's latest commercial real estate insights. This program is brought to you by Ariel Property Advisors. I'm going to, to speak for the next 10 minutes about what we've seen in 2020, and I want to bring us all back to February of 2020. Many of us were sitting in Club 101 doing the same thing we're doing now, talking about real estate, sipping coffee, only it was in person. And 30 days after, these were the pictures, the pictures of Central Park becoming a hospital, pictures of people being infected with COVID, words that we haven't used before, like social distancing, super spreaders, social unrest, masks, and a very tough election year. And the reason I'm bringing us all back there is because we still have a lot of issues to work through. But from a real estate perspective and from a fundamental real estate perspective, we believe that the worst is behind us. And what we're going to do through this presentation, we're going to talk about the 2020 numbers. We're going to talk about some pockets of strengths that took place in 2020. And we're going to talk about some initial shifting fundamentals that we've seen in the very last quarter of 2020. 2020, in terms of volume of transaction, was a low year, $18 billion only, about 50% lower than 2019. And if you look at the financial crisis times in 2009 specifically, we were only at $6 billion. So today we're about three times that number. We also believe that the volume of transactions moving forward will increase, which means that 2020 has been the bottom year for dollar volume of transactions. Pricing in a multifamily arena has been down throughout all boroughs, not just because of COVID-19, but also because of the HSTPA, the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act of 2019 that affected rent-stabilized multifamily. Land values were mixed. They were down in Manhattan below 96th Street. They were up in the Bronx and in Queens as a result of some industrial and specialty use purchases that took place. This year is defined by reaction. What we've seen in the first months of the pandemic is a business closure in many cases and a rise, a very sharp and quick rise in unemployment over the first three months. And at the same time, we've seen a decline over the next six months and recovered about half of the unemployment rate by the end of the year. So very sharp and speedy reaction to the pandemic. If you want to look and compare it to the financial crisis, it took us about 18 months from the lowest of five all the way down to 10 and about six, seven years to recover. Here we're talking about really months. And this is a health crisis, not a financial crisis. This is a crisis where we do have liquidity, but what really characterizes it is the lack of uncertainty and the real estate fundamentals. In May, we had this headline talking about 420,000 people leaving the city. We know that many of them came back in September, not all of them, but this is the result of that. Lagging indicator of vacancy rates in Manhattan below 96th Street, the vacancy rate went up from close to 2% all the way up to 5 and continued to increase until very recently where we started to see declines in the vacancy rate as a result of newly signage increases year over year. And these were substantial leading indicators 
believing that the city is starting slowly but surely to recover. We believe that this trend continues, that the vacancy will continue to come down in 2021. The commercial market, office retail hospitality, did not do well this year. Actually, in office, there were some very interesting pockets of strength that we'll talk about. The retail market entered the year in a very weak footing and continued so mostly because of businesses that faced closure during the pandemic. And the hotel and travel industries clearly suffered the most. And we'll have to find solutions in addition to just going back to normalcy for that. Where is the distress? Everybody's talking to us and asking about distress opportunities. We haven't seen many of them in 2020. We believe we'll see some of them in 2021. The one thing that I wanted to mention here, it's not going to be as severe as it was during the financial crisis. And the reason is conventional lenders during the past 10 years have been relatively conservative when it came to lending. So the equity buffer is relatively high. And in the multifamily sector, specifically transitional lenders that are in the process of taking some buildings back have already indicated that many of them would want to keep the buildings and add value and sell down the road. So note sales and foreclosures will be there, but not as many as we've seen during the financial crisis. So what are the pockets of strength? Well, the first one is the affordable housing and multifamily capital. And today, all of our panelists are experts in affordable housing and will be leading us through a discussion about affordable housing in New York City as well as outside. Affordable housing has a few things going for it. First, the certainty of collections, which was so important during this time. Secondly, the ease of financing, mostly with agency loans that are usually also less expensive than conventional. And lastly, the fact that in many cases, you can fix this way or another the taxes. So your ability to project yield is extremely high. And during uncertain times, this is a product type that does very well and probably will continue to do so. But we also saw some capital going into free market buildings. For example, KKR investing in a brand new Brooklyn building together with Dellen Management. And we've seen A&E investing in an SL Green building in Midtown Manhattan. Both companies have to believe that the rental market will come back relatively soon. Other pockets of strengths are industrial. We've seen a 45-acre Staten Island land sold for Dove Hertz, and that's going to be a logistics center. Over time, we've seen a deal between Taub and Mana. It's a business with a building special to use. And we remember the Silver Cup Studios, which Hackman together with Square Mile purchased earlier this year. These are pockets of strength. And the last one in terms of leasing activity and industrial is Amazon. Who said Amazon is not coming to New York City? It's in New York City in a big way, taking approximately a million square feet of logistics centers between Brooklyn and Staten Island, but also taking a big building as a tenant for 10th Avenue, which sold earlier this year, and purchased the building, the Lord and Taylor building on Fifth Avenue earlier this year. For close to a billion dollars. The leasing activity in the tech industry has been excellent. We're talking about Netflix, TikTok, Facebook, and Apple that took spaces during the pandemic. So these are some pockets of strengths that we thought would be interesting for all of us to review. 
And then the lending environment for good sponsors, good locations, and great assets. We've had ample lending, and these are just some examples of that. So just to summarize, we see some positive fundamentals shifting in the right direction. New York State, new business application went up drastically during the end, the very end of 2020. Some of it is probably leading to less unemployment, which will we hope will continue through 2021. And the residential rental market at the very end of 2020 showed very good signs of resiliency as if the market has found its footing. So what should we expect in terms of headwinds and tailwinds for 2021? The first thing that comes to mind is the local politics, both on the state level and city level. We have city elections this year, and everybody's anticipating to see what the outcome of that is. Clearly, crime is an issue that it's on a lot of business people's and people's minds, and we have to see how our leaders and politicians handle crime in the city. And the last part is the mutations of COVID-19, which are definitely headwinds and something that we should watch for and take a look at. But in terms of the tailwinds, the first thing is a vaccine. We have one, and we hope that by the end of the summer, many of us will be already vaccinated. The confidence might return to the city, and we hope that in September, we'll see more colleges and universities open, which can bring students back in and change the face of the city even in the last quarter of 2021. The interest rates are low and accommodating when it comes to the real estate asset class. In every real estate crisis in New York City, we see national, international, sovereign wealth, family offices, and high net worth coming into the city and looking for opportunities. We're seeing it now, and many of them end up placing bets. And I think that this is the year to start seeing that, and next year as well. Repurposing of hotel, retail, and office with the help of the city is crucial and is an opportunity. The fact that the land market is low will show us probably some more rental buildings that will come up. The fact that the affordable New York 421A sunsets at the end of 2022 will probably push some developers to either develop or sell some more movement in the land market later this year. Pricing clarity, especially in the multifamily asset class post HSTPA is important and we're seeing that happening. Continued strength in both affordable housing and industrial market is something that we anticipate moving forward. And new businesses as a lower barriers of entry for retail and office has been presented as an opportunity here. So these are the tailwinds of 2021. As you can see, many more positive influences that we see here than anything else. And that summarizes my presentation. Thank you. <music> 